We're continuing in Simon Reish Mem Vav, and we'll be doing Sif Dalid and Sif Hey today. We'll do the uh, the Mechaber, and we'll start the Rabbah. So Sif Dalid is a Hemshech of Sif Gimel. We spoke about the concept of Shvisas Behemto, and in Sif Gimel we uh, we established that it's usher to lend or to rent your animal to a non-Jew if he might use it for Malacha and Shabbos based on the restriction of Shvisas Behemto. In Sif Dalid we have a potential exception where it says, If a Jew rents out his oxen to a non-Jew to plow with and he uses them for plowing, so yesh matirim im kibul alav en Yehudi achrayis misa gzeilu geneva v'yukra v'zula. Some are mekel, as long as the non-Jew accepts upon himself the responsibility of death, or if it's stolen, or if it goes up or down in value. So the Mechaber is saying like this: a regular situation of schirus of renting something to someone else, they're responsible for geneva if it's stolen. When you lend something, that's a she'ela, so the she'el has a higher level of responsibility, and he's chayv afilu for onsim, even for something beyond his control, he'd have to pay you back for the animal. Um, but in both of those cases, we said, the animal, as long as the, the non-Jew is using it, and nothing happens to it, it's still considered behemoth Yisrael. So you have the restriction of shvisas behemto. Here, the main thing, this is the Sharetzion and Chafdalit, he explains, the main, the main issue here is that he's accepting Yukra Vizula. So that means if you give him an ox worth $100, and by the time he gives it back to you, a week and a half later, it's only worth $50, he gives you back the ox, and he pays you $50. So if he takes that level of responsibility for the animal, so then Yesh Matirim, he could do Malacha with it, then it's called his animal for the time that he's using it. The Yesh Omrim, However, others argue and say, since the non-Jew can't choose to sell it, even if he would want to, it's still called Behemoth Yisrael, and the restriction of Shvisas Behemto would apply. The Ramah says, take a look at the next Sif, where we'll find different kulas for this situation. Let's take a look here at Sif Katen Chav, Im Kibul Olav, because he's accepting upon himself the depreciation of the animal, we view it like his, and therefore he could use it for plowing on Shabbos. And even though he'll return it back to the Jewish owner intact, assuming nothing happens to it, now we view it totally in his jurisdiction. Kevan the Gamli Yukra Vazula Brishusohi, because he's taking responsibility for its appreciation or depreciation in value. Chaf Aleph, Ayn Lamata, what's the Ramah referring to? Hainu Deshne Yesh Matirim Akosiv Sham. We'll see the two Yesh Matirim in the next Sif. The Gam Hagosh Abisov Simmin Muchach Desvirle Kedasa Matirin. And we'll see the Ramah at the end of the Simmin. Who holds like the Yesh Matirin, Ein B'mashinech Tov Sham. Let's take a look here at Sif Hay. Now Sif Hay speaks about a case of a Yisrael, the Yehudi, Shutfim B'Behema. You have a Jew and a non-Jew who are partners in an animal. Now this is reminiscent of what we learned in Reish Mem Hay, where we spoke about the Jew and a non-Jew having a partnership in a store or in a field. 
And generally we established in Sif Aleph and Sif Beis that if you make a condition at the time that you create the Shidfis, that you make it clear the non-Jew is fully responsible for Shabbos and the Jew is fully responsible for one of the days of the week, and therefore in reality you're only partners for five out of the seven days, that would be a totally mutter system. The uh, non-Jew takes the money made on Shabbos, the Jew takes the money that's brought in on Tuesday, and Shalom al Yisrael, that works out well. So that will work here. However, we did see the Shita of the Rush. The Rush was of the opinion that if there was no prior stipulation, you could still split things evenly. Right, that was a Machlokas, the Ramam and the Rush, and the Ramah Paskins that Bishas Chak and the Makum Hefsid, you could rely on the Rush. So keeping that in mind, let's take a look here at Sif Im Yisrael ben Yehudi shifim beheima muter lasos ben Yehudi molacha b'Shabbos al yadei sheyasni men Yehudi b'tchila shekano osah sheyitol en Yehudi b'Shabbos v'Yisrael v'yom chol. If they're partners in the animal, then it's fine for the non-Jew to do molacha with this animal as long as they made the stipulation in the beginning of their shudfis that it's totally the non-Jew's responsibility on Shabbos and then the Jew is taking one day out of the week where it's totally his responsibility. See, the added consideration here is the, the problem of Shvisas Behemto. Back in Reish Memhei, there were two main things, two main problems we were trying to work around. One was the issue of Schar Shabbos, can't make money from Shabbos. And the other problem was Amir Lakum, we can't have it as if he's doing Mulacha for you on Shabbos. Uh, we mentioned parenthetically that Marasayan is not such a problem in a case where there's a non Jewish owner. But those are the two issues we're trying to get around. Here in Reish Memvav Sifhei, we have an added factor, which is Shvisas Behemto. So making the condition at the beginning of the partnership would take care of all the problems. It takes care of Schar Shabbos, it takes care of Amir Akum, and it takes care of, of, uh, of uh, Shvisas Behemto. It's not your Behemah on Shabbos. Says the Mechaber further. If there is never an arrangement made originally, also for the non-Jew to use it for Malach and Shabbos, even though they tried to make an arrangement afterwards, after they already formed the partnership, it would be also for the non-Jew to use it for Malach and Shabbos. Says the Mechaber, If you were to lend the animal to the non-Jew, with a regular full-fledged halva. Now, just for clarity, the distinction between a she'ela and the halva. When someone's borrowing something, so the policy is, you could use my thing, and then you have to give my thing back. You're a shoel, you're borrowing my item, you give back the item. A halva is, I'm lending you something, I'm lending you money. It's lahotzah ninda. So I don't need those exact dollar bills that I gave you back. I just need the value. I'm giving you $50, that's a halva, and I need $50 back. So if you give a halva, the behema as a halva, which means the nanju who's using your animal, he has permission to sell it without having to ask the Yisrael. And you create the, the dollar amount, and you stipulate with the non-Jew, I'm, I'm lending you $500. That's how much this animal's worth, but I'm lending you that value, and you have to pay me back that value. 
and the achrayas, the responsibility of the shvarim, of the oxen, they're upon you. In that case, it would be mutter. That's one potential loophole. By not doing a she'ela or a or schirus, but you're giving it to the non-Jew as a halva, and he has the right to sell the animal, then you're totally avoiding shvisas behemto. V'yesh matirim, some are even more mekel, afilu lo yehirishus biyad enihudu lahotziyim, even if you don't give the permission to the non-Jew to sell the animal, as long as you make it clear that you're giving it to him as a halva, not a she'ela, and any Yehudi can make the, the, the ox an apotiki, so the non-Jew says, listen, we're going to make this deal, I'm going to borrow the ox, I'm borrowing the value, um, however, I'm choosing to make the animal an apotiki, where I'm telling you I'm going to pay you back with this animal, the Yisrael. Oh, Yehar name, or he can make the animal a mashkon, perish mashkon belashin yishmol ran. The way to say collateral in Aramaic is ran. I'm going to make the animal a mashkon etzlu, etzlo, by you. As long as it didn't say me'achshav, that would work. So to clarify, this Yesh Matirim is saying, you don't even have to give the non-Jew the power to sell the animal, as long as you do it Bahalva, even though he might make a deal where he has to pay you back using the animal, that's an apotiki, I'm going to pay you back with this item, or he'll make it a mashko, and he'll say, I'm going to keep this with you, that if I don't pay you back the value, you'll take back the animal. So either case, Likely he's giving back the animal, but as long as it's done in this fashion where it's a halva, not a she'ela, that would work. As long as you don't say it should be binding from now. You don't want it to be retroactive. If it's retroactive, that means we look at it and say it was never his when he was using it, and then you'd have the issue of shvisas behemto. And there's some who are even more mekel. As long as you warn the non-Jew and you tell him, please don't use this for Molocha B'Shabbos, and if you choose to do it on Shabbos and you break our deal, so then you'll have to accept full responsibility upon yourself, even from Onsim, even on things that are beyond your control. And you should write this down in the non-Jewish courts, make it legally binding. And what you're accomplishing is now if he chooses to use it for Malacha and Shabbos, then it's not your behema. He's taking full responsibility. Because now he's and we view it as, as his animal. So we have three different eitzes here in the Mechaber how to allow the non-Jew to use it on Shabbos and avoid the issue of Shvisas Behemto. The first is you lend it to him and you make it pretty much totally his, where he could even sell it. The first, Yesh Matirim, is saying you don't have to give him full power to sell it as long as you're doing it in a halva form and not a she'ela, even though he could choose to pay you back with the animal, but I'm lending him the value and not the item itself. And the second, Yesh Matirim, is as long as you warn him and tell him don't use it, and if you do use it, it's now your achrayist to pay even for onsim, then 
that would be sufficient. Comes along the Ramah. He says, All of these options are valid. They're all halacha lamais. You could choose any one. And even if the behema belongs fully to the Jew, we view it as it's a partnership with the non-Jew. However, he should just get the word out that it was done in a permissible way. So we'll analyze the words of the Ramah, Mirza Shem, tomorrow. Now let's quickly see some of the Mishnah Buras here, the Mechaber. Sifkat and Chaf Beis. When they purchase the animal, they make this condition. Therefore, we view it that it doesn't belong to the Jew at all on Shabbos. And then afterwards, they could split it evenly, and there's no problem of Shabbos, like we said earlier in Simon Reish Mem Hei Sif Beis where the Mechaber taught us that as long as you make this valid condition in the beginning, if they choose to split it equally at the end, that's fine. And then, even if they have equal responsibility for taking care of the animal throughout the, throughout the entire week, as long as they make this stipulation at the beginning of the partnership that Shabbos belongs to the non-Jew and a weekday belongs to the Jew, then it would be mutter to split the profits. Chav Gimel, v'im lo hisna if they did not make this condition originally, el la'achash nishtathu amrlo, but after they were already partners, you said to him, tolata b'shabbos v'ni k'negdecha b'chol, you take everything that comes in on Shabbos, I'll take everything that comes in during one day of the week, afim nomer she'ein iser b'zeh machma shvises behemto, even though you might say, that's getting rid of the problem of Shvisas Behemto. Because he does have half of this animal, it does belong to him, and he's using it against the will of the, of the Jew. So you could argue there's no Shvisas Behemto problem. It would still be Asr based on the reasons we discussed in Reish Mem Hay which is if you didn't make the stipulation at the beginning of the partnership, then his work on Shabbos, we view it as if he's doing it for you as well, and you're getting schar from his malacha. Even though they tried to make a condition afterwards, that wouldn't make it permissible. It's mashma from the Mechaber's Lashen, that kol if they didn't make any stipulation, it would be a problem. Beis Yosef mitznade lomar, de'im af la'achash nishtafu lo hisna lomar tolata. Beis Yosef says that if even after they became partners, they didn't say anything about you being in charge of Shabbos and me being in charge of Tuesday, el l'cholkin stam haschar kol ha'shvua but rather they just split everything equally, dishori, that would be mutter. Dehanotos char Shabbos b'havla, because the Jew's not just getting the money made on Shabbos, he's getting the money along with the other days of the week. And regarding the promise Shvisas Behemto, the Beis Yosef holds, that doesn't exist here. He is working with the animal because he owns half of it. 
ואחד עושה בזה איסר מתחילה כשנשתתף שהיה ללוחה שיעשה בבהם מלוחה בשבס and even though there wasn't איסר done um, at the time of the שותפס the Jews should have been aware of the fact that he might be using this animal on Shabbos, and therefore they should have made the condition by saying, Tola Tal, Ayin Sham Beis Yosef, take a look there in the Beis Yosef. So the Beis Yosef seems to say that if no condition was made, they could still split the prophets evenly, which would seem to be in line with what the Rosh held back in Reish Mem Continues the Mishnah Bura, Amna Miloshna Shochan Arach Mashma, the Lorata Lismoch Alzel Maisa. And here, when the Beis Yosef wrote the Shochan Arach, he did not want to be so mech on that, practically speaking. Because he says, even if they made a condition later, which is Mashma, that without any condition, it still would be Yosser. Vida, the Filafidasa Beis Yosef Anal, the Ein Bezem Mishum Shvisas Behemto. Even according to the Beis Yosef, where there's no problem of Shvisas Behemto because the non-Jew is using it against the Jew's will, So granted, you, you remove the problem of Shvisas Behemto, but we have the other problem of the Schar Shabbos or the Mir La'akum. So it's true, it's a mashma from the Beis Yosef that they could split it evenly, which was the Shita that we saw in the Rosh, However, you should only rely on that because the Ramah told us we only rely on the Rush in contrast to the Rambam if it's a Hefzid Godel. So this was one way out. We said if you give it to the non-Jew and you set the value you make an assessment how much it's worth now. And if it goes up in value or it goes down in value, it will be all Rishuso. But you still have to give him permission to sell it. Why do you need both factors? That it's totally in his Rishus regarding its appreciation or its depreciation. And you had to give him the right to sell it to Svir Lekedasi Yesh Omer Hanal Besev Dalid to be in and Shia and Yehudi Yachalamachra because this opinion holds like the first Shita, I'm sorry, the Yesh Omerim in Sif Dalid that holds that the uh, the non Jew has to be able to sell it for us to view it as his behemoth. Chavav Lahotziam Al Yadei Chavav is going back on the first Yesh Matirim. Where the Machaber says, Even if the non Jew doesn't have the power to sell it, as long as you give it to him as a halva, that would be mutter. It's referring to the similar thing. You evaluated how much it's worth and you lent him um, that amount. You made him responsible to give back the value. So what is this Yesh Matirim adding on to the Im Yalva step, the first um, potential leniency? This sheet is just coming to add on that even though the non-Jew might make this animal an apotikul Yisrael, which means he's going to pay back the animal itself, so it doesn't look like a halva, it doesn't feel like a halva, to Ein Lo Rashus 
and therefore he has no he has no um, right to sell the animal because he has to use this animal to to give back to the Israel. If as long as they they form it in a in a halva fashion, it's mutter. That's the chiddush of the yesh matirim. Yahar name etzlo. So he said that. You could either, the non-Jew could either make an animal apotiki or he has to pay back using this animal, or he could give it to the Yisrael as a mashkon. Perush, afal pishia nichem biyad Yisrael lemashkon, shia yuchal yipara mehem kishalo yitain mos even if he leaves it in the hands of the Yisrael as a mashkon, to, uh, to keep if he does not pay back the money. V'achar kach notel osom en Yehudi v'ovid behem, and afterwards the non-Jew takes the animals and he works with the mafilu hachishari. It's still mutter. The kati gufa behemah b'shus ena yehudi, because the 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 behem itself is in the jurisdiction of the non-Jew. So even though it's a mashkon, it's enough in his possession of the non-Jew where it takes away the problem of shvisas behemto. Chafches bilvad. So we said you just can't say me'achshov. You can't make the apotiki. The Jews or the Mashkon, the Jews may achshav. Haynu afilu im omer lo im lo etin lacha moz lezman ploni. Even if you were to say that if I don't give you back the money at a particular time, you shelcha, it belongs to you. Kaven de lo omer lo me achshav you shelcha. Since he doesn't say me achshav, then it's fine. Lo kanami Yisrael ma and therefore, the Jew would not be acquiring the item retroactively, at the point in time when the non-Jew doesn't pay. At this point, it's only a shibud. There's a lien that the Jew has on the non-Jew's animal. So, saying me'achshav would invalidate this particular approach. Chavtes, is here. The second Yesh Matirim was the most mekel, where it said as long as you warn him not to use it on Shabbos, and you tell him if you do so, you'll be responsible for Onsim. That's enough to make it considered his. And even though here the Nanju has no permission to sell him, it would still be mutter. And this seems to be going like the the Das Matirim in Siftala, that was the first opinion, that held, even though you can't sell it, it's still enough yours to take away the problem of Shvisas Behemto. You have to say, our case is also talking about a situation where the non-Jew accepts upon himself Yukra Vizula, meaning to say if it goes down in value, he would have to pay the difference back to the Israel. We'll continue with Sifkat and Lamed tomorrow.